episode seven. I'm Luke, and the other kid is Kyle, who will give you a nickel to tickle his pickle. And today we're going to talk all things wide receivers. We've covered quarterbacks, running backs, and as always, because we are such positive guys and we are never mean to anybody, we're going to talk about wide receivers who won from the draft. So Kyle, why don't you get us started? Yeah, uh, it's happy to to be back again and to clarify. So this is wide receivers who won in the sense, not like rookies coming into the draft. These are veteran guys who needed extra help and they received it via the draft. So my first guy I'm going to start with is Marquise Brown, a.k.a. Hollywood. I think Hollywood Brown had a really up and down rookie season, to say the least. He quickly became a label of the boom and bust club. Um, Will Fuller knows him all too well. They both, you know, have a, a spot open on the boom and bust club all year long. Uh, his successful game sensational wow i can't say anything today uh his sensational <laughs> game during uh the opener against miami shows that you know he has a lot of big potential i think he's kind of like uh, i think he's a little similar to like deshaun jackson could you see that luke like i think it gives me those vibes yeah i i can see that i can see that i think he's uh I think he's not as speedy, uh, but I think his route running is more crisp than Deshaun Jackson. Exactly, yeah. And I think the addition of Devin DuVernay and James Proche are amazing additions to the Baltimore wide receiver core. Uh, that's pretty barren outside of the name of Hollywood. And obviously, you know, Mark Andrews, but he's not technically a wide receiver. I think he's still boomer bust is now, but he's a great buy low that a lot of people aren't really valuing. And he enters this season as a wide receiver three, but you know, if he can figure things out and stay a little more uh, consistent, I think he has wide receiver two potential for sure. Yeah, I honestly see that as being the case for him. I think it's hard not to – sorry, I burped. I was trying not to burp in the mic. Holy crap. <laughs> Completely lost my flow. I think it's hard not to see him succeed at some point, and it looks like it's going to be next season. When you talk about the kid – He's doing phenomenal his rookie season. He had big games. He had some injury worries, but for the most part, he had big games when he was called upon. I think what matters most is distribution of the ball, and Lamar Jackson just needs to get better at throwing long balls because if he does, Marquise Brown immediately becomes one of the best young receivers you can get for fantasy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I definitely like him as a buy right now, especially at his price tag. This might be the last offseason you can get him at a bargain. Yeah, honestly, because if he explodes, he's going to be hella expensive. Mm -hmm. You know what? So, Kyle, I see you've got this guy's partner on here, but I want to talk about this guy. Well, before I say names, this guy's pretty – he's getting older. He's 31. He's had some injury troubles uh, staying on the field, didn't play at all in 2019, and was only able to play nine games in 2018. He's had up-and-down quarterbacking for most of his career, but when he's on the field and healthy, the guy is lights-out incredible. I'm talking A.J. Green. I think right now you look at this and... But Tyler Boyd is already starting to form into a great wide receiver, too, with huge potential to be a wide receiver, one. He's a target hog, and he does really well at getting the ball. They bring in a huge guy in T. Higgins, and T. Higgins will do really well drawing guys in who need to tackle him because he's huge. It's going to be hard to bring that guy down. What A.J. Green will succeed in is – with great receivers around him and a new quarterback in Joe Burrow who could be something, I think A.J. Green has the potential to bounce back. And because of everybody's scare over his injuries, I really do think that you could see him blossom into something incredible. Yeah. If he can stay on the field. Yeah, I like A.J. Green. Um, I think the one problem, obviously, is health. He has not played a lot over the last three years. And when he has been healthy, obviously, he's A.J. Green. He's going to have a good season when he is healthy. My only fear with A.J. is I think he might be out the door soon. Uh, Just my personal opinion. I don't think the Bengals need him anymore. Um, And we'll see what happens because I know he's holding out for like a contract or whatever. So that whole situation is dicey. But I still like buying him anyways because even if he goes somewhere else, I, I think he's a good bounce back candidate in general you know what i mean like i don't really care where he goes i mean adrian was one of the um you know top wide receivers in the league for i don't even know five or five or six years really i mean uh, he's a he's a great talent to say the least 
he has only ever, in the seasons that he's actually been able to play in, he's only ever posted under 1,000 yards twice. That was in 2016 when he played 10 games and only put up 964 yards. And in 2018 when he played 9 games and only put up 694. Other than that, the guy has been on the ball at a 1,000-yard wide receiver. If he can, hopefully, a full season away from the game is going to be what it takes to get this guy back to where he was. Yeah, i definitely like to see that. And it's funny because the next guy, I guess you kind of already hinted at this, but my big guy who I think really won the draft is Tyler Boyd. So I guess we're talking a little bit about the Bengals in this first section. That's all right. Because, <laughs> I mean, actually, you think about it, and it's tough to say, oh, we can be excited about the Bengals, but I'm pretty damn excited about the Bengals right now. Honestly, I, I think – to see that there's a lot of potential there. I mean, that's the truth of it at the end of the day, man. It's um, the sky's the limit for the team to say the least. Joe Burrow, if he's the real deal, man, uh, maybe this team could crawl out of the ashes that they've been in for the last decade or so and get to the promised land of maybe winning one playoff game because they haven't been able to do that. But, you know, you talk about A.J. Green's being unhealthy and his absence has really allowed Boyd to show his potential as a wide receiver one. Uh, yet, you know, he hasn't really had anybody across from him except for John Ross and random games where he's played good um, to really help distract <laughs> you know, the attention away. And now he's coming off of back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. I still think his price tag's pretty cheap too, man. If you can get this guy, you know, in the rounds of 7 to 10 in a startup, and he's uh, he's a lock-wide receiver too, man. Yeah, you know, I I own Tyler Boyd in a good amount of leagues. It's interesting because he's only 25. Mm -hmm. In his first couple of seasons, I mean, besides his rookie season – uh, where he had 603 yards, and then there was 2017, which was hard for him to stay on the field. The last two seasons, he's put up 1,000-plus yards. Uh, I think his biggest problem is getting into the red yeah. zone. I don't know what it was, but I feel like Dalton just didn't respect the guy when it came into in 20 yards. But I think that if they get him the ball, that he's going to do extremely well. I agree. So this next guy, I know how you said – you want to talk about guys who won because of the guys around him. This guy, and you're going to find this super comp- like. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I love these ones. <laughs> so this this guy was a wide receiver, two, three. You couldn't really tell with the team last year. Okay. He's expected to take a huge step. It was only his second season. The guy posted 477 yards with 35 receptions and came alive towards the back half of the season. This is something to be important about. He, only, he In 16 games, he only started three. That's Alan Lazard for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I think, I think it's interesting to talk about Lazard because in college, like he was, he was pretty good at Iowa state. And I think that he possesses the length to succeed in today's NFL. I think he's fast enough to succeed in today's NFL. The guy posted a 4.55 in the combine. I really do think that because Green Bay didn't draft anybody at the receiver position, and I don't think Funkess is necessarily the wide receiver everybody wants him to be, Alan Lazard can easily take that step and become a really good compliment to Devontae Adams right across from him. Yeah, I mean, I don't dislike Lazard, I think. I think there's a lot to be asked for him to become the number two this year because I think he had ample opportunity last year. I actually talk more about Devontae Adams a little bit later on, so I don't want to dive too deep on him. I just don't know if Lazard's up for uh, the mantle of taking over the wide receiver two spot in that offense. I mean, I have high hopes for the guy. I got a few shares of him. Uh, he's got the age on his side. He's got the metrics on his size. He's got the physicality on his size. It's really just at the end of the day, somebody has to take that next step in Green Bay because obviously they decided to not bring in anybody to help Aaron Rodgers again. So they have to figure something out. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. I think the only guy that you can see Lazard having any competition from, it's not going to be uh, MVS. Definitely not going to be MVS. Holy crap. It will MVS should just retire. <laughs> yeah, real real crap. The guy is doo-doo. But I, it's not going to be MVS. It's not going to be Funkess. It's going to be St. Brown when he comes back. I think St. Brown will give Lazard the most run for his money, but I think Lazard has upside on uh, St. Brown. They're both trend well in the young age, but I just think Lazard possesses just the build 
to succeed better than what St. Brown could potentially yeah. do. But who who knows? It's going to be one of those two guys. It's going to be either St. Brown or Lazard. But I tip my hat closer to Lazard when we're talking. about I think this. a lot of people have forgotten about ESB uh, or St. Brown, as you said, um, because I think you know I, I don't know if he played at all last season. I know he was injured. He was on the IR for a little bit, and it kind of ruined his second year. I I personally didn't buy into MVS. Um, you know, Val Scatlin. I know both these guys have these shortened abbreviated names because nobody likes saying their name. <laughs> Quinius St. Brown. Like, I don't want to say all that. Like it's ESP, but yeah, no, I didn't buy into the hype of MVS last year. So I bought a lot of actually ESP, which I forgot about because, you know, St. Brown was on my IR basically the entire year. So now I kind of like promoted him in all my leagues. I'm like, Oh crap. I kind of forgot. I owned this guy like and I forgot like I was I was really high on the guy last offseason. Honestly, like I thought he was going to be the guy to fill in the shoes and be the number two in that offense. So I think the potential is there. I think Funkess is a big wide receiver, though, that at the end of the day will take away targets because he's a good red zone threat and he's a big body. So it's really it's crowded. But at the same time, I'm surprised they didn't bring anybody in. Yeah, they had ample opportunity to do it. The Jordan Love pick, as we've talked about earlier, and I will restate, was a mental handicap to the name of general managers in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I don't know what was worse, if it was Green Bay trading up to select Jordan Love, who is a huge project quarterback who they probably could have traded up in the second to get, or even just gotten Jalen Hurts, who was probably a more complete guy coming out of college. So it was either trade up in the second. So I don't know what's worse, that or Bill O'Brien trading Nuke to the to the to the Cardinals. I think both are huge gaffes, and I don't know why. Is this like spite? Like, is somebody saying "f you," Aaron Rodgers? Like, did somebody not get invited to a birthday party? Like, I'm just so confused what the hell's going on in Green Bay. But if, like, if if there's room to capitalize, it's at receiver. And it could be any of those guys. I just like Lazard. I like his name, Lazard. <laughs> it's an interesting name. It's got a little name. star power to it, for sure. I think, at the end of the day, you mentioned the Texans and Green Bay and, you know, both of them making boneheaded decisions. And I actually think... I think Green Bay's is worse because they didn't, you know, not only did they, in my opinion, completely mess up on not taking a wide receiver on the first round, but they also messed up on not taking one in the second round as well. You know, Bill O'Brien made some stupid moves. I actually don't hate his Brandon Cooks trade as much as everybody else does, as long as Cooks is Cooks again. You know what I mean? Like, if Cooks is back, that's a fine trade. Like, you know what I mean? Get the guy for a second. Like, I mean, he could be he could be upwards of worth a first-round pick, you know, when he's healthy, of course. Obviously, Hopkins was a horrible deal. I didn't understand the whole move of that at all, and we've talked about it before. But, you know, at the end of the day, to not take a wide receiver at all when you guys were one game away from the Super Bowl, uh, I think that's all I can say on that. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, and that's a good place to end it. So when we come back, we're going to talk about guys who lost because of the draft, and you may see some surprising names when we talk about it. So make sure you stick around. Okay, and welcome back. So before we were talking wide receivers who won the draft, but for every winner, there is always a loser. So we definitely need to talk about the guys who lost from the draft. So, Kyle, why don't you get us started with that? Yeah, of course. So I know how I mentioned earlier we were going to touch on Devontae Adams, and I still plan on doing that, but I just figured, you know, re-looking at this section, it's actually important to note that I think that two wide receivers ones, uh, wide receiver ones entering into the season both lost big time in the draft. So that's Devontae Adams and Amari Cooper. So for on the Devontae Adams part, um, the same argument could be made about Devontae losing the draft that can be applied to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we already said the Packers needed wide receiver help. Hopefully Lazard can step into that void like Luke has tried to predict, uh, obviously. And, you know, the verdict's still out on ESB and Funkes wasn't really healthy last year. But outside of Adams, there wasn't really a good receiver on that team. I mean, I don't know if everybody saw the video last year where uh, he's being covered by the Bears defenders, Luke, and he counts the guys. Do you remember that video? He's like, yeah, one, like two, three, three guys yeah. on him or something yeah, ridiculous. Well, exactly. And that's kind of been the story of 
Devontae's uh, life, essentially. He had a down year last year. I think he still enters as a wide receiver one, but I could see him easily finishing outside of the top 10. And the same thing really goes for Amari Cooper, only the argument is on a different uh, side of the ball because of the fact that Amari now has more people to eat away from his target share. And I know they signed him long-term, but now I'm a little worried how long he's actually going to stay in Dallas because I hear there's an out-ins contract on 2021. Yeah, so I wouldn't be shocked if either Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup is gone yeah. come next season. I would put more money on Michael Gallup being gone just because uh, he has a contract year coming up next year. It'll be easier to move him. He's younger. There's less of a cap hit for teams to take. It'll be easier for the for them to move Gallup than it will be for Cooper. I think that when you talk to Vontae Adams, I've never actually been high on the guy, to be quite frank with you. Me neither, but I mean, 2018, he, he had a crazy year. Uh, yeah, 2018, he had a fantastic year, but the problem with Devontae Adams is, is that besides 2018, he's never posted a 1,000-yard season before. Yeah. I mean, fantasy-wise, I get it, because he has been a touchdown hog, and from 2016 to 2018, he had double-digit touchdowns every single year. But in 2019, he had five touchdowns, didn't even break 1,000 yards. So that doesn't even put him in, like, wide receiver two conversation. Yeah, I mean, he was not healthy for a few games, which doesn't help, of course. It's actually funny. I love having the stats up. You see that? He had 997 two times in a row. So he was three yards away from 1,000 yards twice in his career already. (laughs) That's so weird. Yeah, so like it's it's weird. I think Amari Cooper is w- a way better wide receiver than Devontae Adams. I think if you put Devontae Adams on any other team other than Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, he will not do as well. And I think you're starting to see that with Green Bay because once you shut down Devontae Adams, whether it's with one guy or freaking three, he's basically useless, which renders their offense useless. Thank God. Aaron Jones actually looked like a good, competent RB1 for them last year. Because if it wasn't for him, I don't know how far they actually would have gone. You're great. I mean, as we talk guys who lost from the draft, I'm going to talk about a guy. This might be a little controversial. He had a great rookie season. Probably the best rookie season of any of the wide receivers. But I think A.J. Brown lost the draft. You know, the guy flashed huge, big play potential in his rookie season. And he basically carried the Titans' passing game. Besides Corey Davis and a super unproven Janu Smith, the Titans have, like, zero help to surround their young talent. You know, and the thing is now is teams have a full year's worth of film on Brown, so the chances of him being locked down increase, especially when lined up against the game's top cornerbacks, especially guys like Marlon Humphreys, who he'll probably see in the playoffs. And rather than focus on bringing in another wide receiver to complement on what they're doing well, the Titans drafted a backup running back to arguably one of the best runners in the game in the third round and didn't even touch a receiver. Yeah, that that was a shame too because Darrytown Evans is actually one of the guys I was pretty high on. So unless Henry, you know, moves on or whatever, I just it's a shame because I I had high hopes for him in Devi leagues. Um, as far as AJ Brown goes, I think he'll do okay. Still, I think he'll break a thousand yards again. But I think what he did last year might be his limit this year again because of the fact like all the, you know, stats you just said, all the, like, you know what I mean? They didn't bring in a wide receiver. Corey Davis I uh, is just a bum. We've already gone over that before. And, uh, you know, people believe in John New Smith, but what is he entering? Year four? And I haven't seen anything that really tells me that this guy's legitimate. Like, I know he's got some talent, but, like, I haven't seen any – Where's the 100-yard game? You know what I mean? He needs a breakout game this season if he wants to be a legitimate threat. And I don't – I just – I don't get it. Uh, the Titans are a very good team. Uh, they have a very strong defense, but they could have used another wide receiver. Easily, easily. And it sucks because I think A.J. Brown will do incredible. But unless they bring in help, you may never see him pass that, like, 1,100-yard mark and, and double and get into the double – TD digit range, Agreed. which sucks, which sucks. But uh, that's what that's what happens when you prioritize 
like bolstering a running back core that already features the best runner in the game, arguably. Oh yeah, and they're a run heavy team, so there aren't as many targets to go around in other like as in other offenses. You know what I mean? Um, for this next guy, uh, this is a guy who's been trending down a lot. Um, over the last few seasons and went from one of the best wide receivers in the game back in 2013 uh, when he had an amazing season with Chicago. And since he's come to Philly, it's just been, it hasn't been there. Um, You can blame it on health or whatever else, but Alshon Jeffrey um, is not in a good situation right now. Um, He's what, 31 now, I believe, uh, or 30 years old. I'm sorry. And, you know, the new addition of Jalen Regor uh, and other late wide receivers continues to add to my growing suspicions that Jeffrey is going to be out the door. I know that me and Luke have talked about it, but there's a clear rift between Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey. They've had problems uh, because Jeffrey's a little bitch to be frank honestly hey you know like like he's the type of guy that you know you tell him your dirty laundry and he goes and hangs it out in front of everybody which and you know you're not going to get anybody's respect that way i get the fact that um wide receivers are diva but at the same notion you can't be selling out your quarterback every other opportunity he's a cancer in the locker room if you could still sell the guy from name value i'd love to do it like if i could sell alshon for a second and pop in the second round and get a guy like T Higgins in the second round. Whew, I'd be happy as hell, man. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, I look at Alshon and I'm I I hold the same opinion with him that I hold about Devontae Adams. I was never high on the guy. Mm-hmm. I think he played his best when he was lined up beside Brandon Marshall. I'll get into it later, but I I, I think Alshon's one of those guys who's never supposed to be a wide receiver one, but a wide receiver one A or one B. And to put this pressure on him to be a wide receiver one, it's clear he's flopped. Because when Brandon Marshall left the Bears in 2014, it was the last 1,000-yard receiving season he had with double-digit TDs. After that, he's posted around 800 to 700 yards every season. Mm -hmm. And it's just proven that I don't think this was the guy that everybody touted him up to be. Granted, don't get me wrong, he still was amazing when he was like 22 to 25. But I just don't think it's there anymore. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, and I I think when we're talking about guys who shouldn't be a clear wide receiver one, I think it's hard not to argue about uh, Jeffrey's replacement in Chicago, Allen Robinson. I mean, he had a bounce back success after his 1,400-yard season with the Jags years ago, which was in 2015, almost five years ago. The problem is, is the Bears cut Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller is still recovering from injuries. That wide receiver depth in Chi-Town is nada. Zip. There's nothing there. They drafted one wide receiver in the fifth round who's most likely a slot player for life and won't lead to any immediate impact around Robinson. Like I said about guys like Alshon Jeffrey, I think Robinson works best as either a wide receiver 1A or 1B rather than the true wide receiver of the ones. And the Bears are taking a huge gamble, hoping that he can continue this role that he got himself on last season. Yeah, I think that's a great point about the 1A and 1B uh, part, especially because that season in 2015, when he had 1,400 yards, uh, I I know people seem to forget about it, but Alan Hearns was a superstar that year. I I don't know what happened Mm -hmm. to that guy, but I'm pretty sure he broke 1,010 touchdowns as well. And we already touched on Bortles last episode. That was his one good season. (laughs) So it kind of comes all full circle. But I agree with what you're saying. I've never been a Robinson fan. Um, I know he's still only like 26 or 27. So I don't think, you know, he's done for. I think he'll probably be productive. But when you're in that spot and he goes in the top three to four rounds normally, I just think there's so many other wide receivers I'd much rather own. Like, I'd much rather own, Jesus, so many people, honestly. Like, like anybody younger, honestly, at the end of the day, who has more potential. Like, Yeah, I mean, it is, it is a good thing that he has shown that even when he's receiving passes from subpar mm-hmm. quarterbacks, that like he can ex- do exceedingly well. But I think it's also, if you look at his stats, it also depends on the guys who are around him. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if Jimmy Graham or Cole Komet come in and really make an impact at tight end this year, which realistically probably isn't going to happen, I think you could see Robinson continue this breakout that he's going through. But if they don't 
capitalize on bringing in somebody else. I really do think Robinson's chances of repeating thousand yard receiving over a thousand yard receipt a thousand yard season dwindle and the window closes on him. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I like Anthony Miller this season. I hope he does kind of figure it out. He again, he was still my number one wide receiver two years ago. That's what my viewpoint on the guy was back then. So I hope, you know, in hindsight that he does figure it out. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, he hasn't proven himself outside of a very strong closing half of last year. But he hasn't done it on a consistent basis at all. And obviously, we know the quarterback situation in Chicago is just (laughs) tremendously bad. (laughs) Tremendously bad. I actually just bought my – I didn't even realize that we're in an auction league right now. And I'm trying to get one of our buddies to go broke. And I saw he put like – so every time he puts down a bet, I put down a dollar more just so that he has to keep going. And – I screwed up and he had like a $25 bet on Mitch Trubisky and I put a $26 bet on Mitch Trubisky hoping I'd get him to raise the price further so that I wouldn't bet again. And I screwed up and he was asleep and I ended up with Mitch Trubisky instead. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that, man. You're going to regret that. (laughs) Oh man, no doubt about it. Okay. So we just talked about guys who won the draft, guys who lost the draft. When we come back, we are going to talk guys who we love, not just for next season, but going forward in your fantasy team. So make sure you stick around. And we're back. We are now talking guys we love going forward. These are guys you want to get a hand on as quickly as possible and ride them for the next couple of years because they will produce for you. So I'm going to get us started, and I'm going to talk about a really obvious one. I got one guy here that's really obvious, and one guy here you might be like, huh, never thought of that before. So the really obvious guy is obviously Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, you know, Bruiser Terry, whatever you want to call the guy. He is literally the only productive wide receiver on a super young Redskins team. Had a great rookie season and was the only Redskins wide receiver to post more than 400 yards on the season. He had 900. Guy. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. He had 919 yards on 58 receptions for seven TDs, averaging 15.8 yards per reception, which is amazing. He has already proven chemistry with Dwayne Haskins at QB because they spent all that time at Ohio State together. And I think he immediately jumps into your dynasty team as an instant wide receiver too with huge wide receiver one upside and i know kyle's super high on the guy so i know he's gonna want to dive deeper on this real quick yeah i'm a big fan of terry mclaurin aka scary terry i think he is a beast man i love this kid i think the combination of him and Dwayne haskins is such a perfect combo i was super high on him i have way too many shares of this guy and i'm not (laughs) complaining i basically and i you know last year you were able to get this guy in the third or fourth round of your rookie drafts man people were not people did not see this coming like a lot of people really were like not aware that this was going to be a thing and i think that mclaurin showed that i i that he has this big play potential really at the end of the day. And actually it's funny enough. He, so he had like nine twenty yards and in my opinion, his best play of the season was actually called back. I don't know if you remember this play Luke, but him and uh, Haskins connected on like an 80 yard bomb at one point. It was called back yeah. for holding, I think on the play. And that was my favorite play of the season. You just saw it. It was like towards the end of the season, you saw the chemistry. You were like, holy crap. Like Haskins, like, like um, scrambled out of the pocket and McLaurin made like three guys miss. And I was like, okay, this combo <laughs> can be something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think he's going to do incredible. I think he will make Haskins elite. And I think vice versa. I think Haskins will make Terry elite. And I think, He'll make Haskins elite. It's just going to be one big synergy bomb. And do not be surprised if I think, too, talking about that wide receiver core real quick, I think Steven Smith Sims Jr. takes another big step going into this season. Agreed. And I think if they bring in one more guy, whether it's a tight end or if Thaddeus Moss actually turns out to be the legit thing that people think he can be, or they bring another tight end or another wide receiver, I 
do not see how this team is not competing in the next couple of years. Yeah, and I know they have a few young guys on there, but we don't want to deep dive on Washington too long. Moving on to the next guy. So for my two guys, I picked actually two guys who probably enter this season more in the wide receiver three range, and they're actually both not respective ones on their teams. Although one day I think they could they could potentially be the ones, um, but they do have wide receiver two upside even this year. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Preston Williams. Um, if you want to talk about people who have talent and cats who have talent, Preston Williams should be the top of your list. Arguably should have been one of the best wide receivers. I mean, one of the most touted wide receivers of last year, but he had all these off field issues and he, I think he was on like courts and stuff like that. So there was a lot of things going off the field that made him slip and allowed Miami to grab him. And now, you know, Tua enters into the Miami building, which is such a huge benefit for Williams. You know, he's 6'4", 211 pounds, man. He's a legitimate 1B to Parker's 1A. And with what he showed in 2019, I know he missed the rest of the season because of a torn ACL. So if he could stay healthy, man, I just, I love buying this guy. I love his price tag. I know Luke feels the same way about him. Yeah, man. Like, you can pick up Preston Williams in startup drafts. So late. Oh, yeah. Late to the point that it's a steal, even. And I know I've been grabbing him up every which way I can. It sucks because me and Kyle are in a lot of the same leagues. So it's either I'm grabbing him, he's grabbing him, or we both just barely miss out on the guy. Mm-hmm. I think if he hadn't busted his knee last year, he would have kept going on the rate that he was going. And I think it actually probably would have stunted Parker's growth if he hadn't gotten injured. So I think this might be um, a blessing in disguise because now Parker's shown he can be a true wide receiver one, pair him with Williams if he can stay healthy, and there's no way these guys just don't explode together. Agreed. So, I mean, this next guy we're going to talk about, I don't know if people really talk about him enough. I mean, you can see him go pretty early in startup drafts, like in the first, you know, five to ten rounds most of the time. He's only 25, and he's coming off his first 1,000-yard-plus yard season. Season. Oh, my gosh. I can't speak English today. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so I'm talking about Mike Williams. So like I said, 25, first 1,000-yard season, asterisks on that because he posted 1,001 yards. But that's not what's impressive about this. He missed a game, so – you know, that's a thing. But he flashed huge big play potential with over 20 yards per reception, which is insane. He lines up beside Keenan Allen, which allows for Williams to line up against teams weaker DBs, leading to him just burning guys because he really should be covered by better corners. And if a guy like Hunter Henry can stay healthy and dominate the middle of the field, Mike Williams will wreak havoc on the sidelines and really go to show why he was worth the early pick that the Chargers used on him. Yeah. I don't have a lot against Mike Williams. I think his health is a little concerning in my mind. I'm happy he only missed one game this season. But before that, I mean, there was a little mishaps as far as his health goes. I think that the situation in um, L.A. right now – really depends on how ready Herbert is. If they can get him in by the end of the season, I like Mike Williams a lot um, because, again, I don't think Tyrod has uh, the cap- the capability to utilize a wide receiver like Mike Williams. Um, maybe he does, and maybe I'm just biased because I think he's not that good um, after seeing him do – jack shit for my bills in the playoffs um but you know i i like mike williams and he's still young man i feel like he's been in the league a long time but he i guess really hasn't he's only been in for three seasons i think maybe it's just because his name got so much hype early on and he didn't really live up to that hype and so people kind of disregarded him i mean yeah that that is probably the case with him but it's important to note that even in 2018 where he had his breakout year some called Mm -hmm. He only he played in 16 games, had 43 receptions for 664 yards, averaged 15 yards per reception, but he actually only started five of those games. Yeah, that's pretty good numbers. So, I mean, if he's able to stay healthy, he's able to stay on the field, I think regardless of the QB, just because of Keenan Allen being beside him and hopefully a, Hunter Hen- a healthy Hunter Henry, 
I can speak English, I swear. Um, there's no way this guy doesn't pop off, especially with Eckler in the backfield. There's going to be so many receiving threats that it's going to be hard just to focus on one when teams go to scheme. So I think Mike Williams, bye, bye, bye. There's no, there's so much opportunity with this guy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This next guy, and I wrote down, you know, you're talking about our opportunity, and I wrote a note here, opportunity is king in the NFL. And in my opinion, a guy like Darius Slayton was the biggest receiver of opportunity last year. Uh, I think that a fifth-round pick last year, Slayton didn't really look like he was going to have a chance to have any action early on. Injuries to the Giants' wide receiver core really put Slayton into the spotlight early, and him and Daniel Jones had an instant chemistry last year i think they solidified themselves as a combo um slayton had eight touchdowns last year man with such great numbers man you know 740 yards and he only started nine games i just i love this kid's upside i think he enters the season just like preston williams as like you know a wide receiver three but this is another guy who's got high wide receiver two potential and upside and you know i don't really believe that golden tate's all that good anymore and i definitely don't believe in sterling shepherd so I think the opportunity for Darius to continue to grow and prosper is a hundred percent there. Yeah, it's been a huge the the I don't know what it is about the Giants, but they just have huge hugely terrible luck with wide receivers. Whether it's Victor Cruz just getting paid and never staying healthy ever again, whether it's Odell Beckham Jr. turning to the best wide receiver in the league, then the best diva in the league, <laughs> then off the team. Whether it's trying to replace him with a guy like Golden Tate, who should have flourished in that situation and just got suspended, couldn't keep it together. And Sterling Shepard, who's had every opportunity in the world to prove himself as a wide receiver one and hasn't. I think Darius Slayton definitely has the chance to prove himself going into this season. And I would be shocked if he doesn't end up getting to at least 800 yards. Like, it is just incredible what the guy did. He's great when it comes to the jump ball. Yeah, he is. He's, he's got big, meaty hands. He's got big, meaty hands. And with those big, meaty hands, he'll catch all the touchdowns. <laughs> and you know what? He only started nine games out of the 14 that he played in. So give him a full season of starting, and he probably will pop off. And you know what? It's okay if it happens later on in the season because sometimes when you're a younger wide receiver, you just need that time to get allocated back to the game. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Williams, um, I'm sorry, if Sighton went 1,010, honestly, at, at all. I don't think it would surprise me if he cracked 1,010 touchdowns. I, I just think the opportunity is there. If he doesn't and he ends up in the 800 yard range, I think that's totally fine as well. You know what I mean? Just as long as he doesn't go backwards, I'll be pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Slayton's a guy where nobody really knows where he's going to exactly. end up, only that he has huge upside. I mean, I think right now you can still get Slayton on the cheap, and if you want Slayton, you should be buying now. Mm -hmm. Because I give you my word, come next season, he'll be worth double than what he's worth right Agreed. now. So make sure you stick around, guys. We bring on, we're bringing on a guest, Big Stan, and he's going to talk to us about his favorite wide receivers and whatnot. And maybe we'll talk about his blossoming Pornhub career. Who knows? So make sure you stick around. <laughs> All right, guys. It is my pleasure to introduce a very good friend of mine, a good guy named Stan. Welcome to the podcast, Stan. How are you doing today? Uh, doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing fine, actually. Happy yeah. you guys. Hey, we're doing all right, man. Doing, no problems at all. Doing okay. Doing okay. Busy day, but we're doing okay. Yeah. So, Stan, we've been uh, we've been talking all things wide receivers on the show. So, uh, just to give you a little background, you know, like anybody you love coming into this season. Um, like anybody, or in general, or just. Yeah, well, just like give us a few guys, maybe. I know we're going to talk about who we think might be the king of the mountain, to say the least, like who's going to be the number one dog. But like, do you have like a handful of guys like me personally? I know that I have an obsession with uh, landing McLaurin in every league that I'm in, almost mm -hmm. uh, uh, almost to bad habits. So uh, do you have any guys like that on uh, your personal radar? Um, I like, you know, this year I I'm definitely – 
a big fan of. I think Metcalf is going to take the next step this year. Oh, Colusional like that, man. I like that answer a lot. I like that answer a lot. Do I you want to el- elaborate on that? Yeah. I, I mean, last year as a rookie, I mean, I mean, coming out of college, he was, he was a beast. Everyone, just how, how big he was and, and just how strong and how athletic he is. And then him dropping in the draft was surprising, actually. But then and he, I think he just showed how, how big and strong he is and just and, – and that was only as a rookie. And I pulled up his stats, and he, I think he, he, he had 900 yards. And I, I think he's just going to surpass 1,000, I think, especially with, with, with Russell Wilson as quarterback. Yeah, Wilson is arguably the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Uh, like, okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Lamar, Jackson's, but... Lamar Jackson's good, but he doesn't really throw the ball very well. There's a guy named Patrick Mahomes, and he's Patrick than Mahomes else. is arguably as good, if not better, than Wilson. Don't get me wrong. But he... I think Wilson reads the field better than Mahomes. Because you got to remember, Mahomes only admitted that he only figured out how to read defenses this season halfway through. So I mean, <laughs> I think Wilson has some sort of advantage. So, um, Stan, I got a question for you, buddy. Are you a Jets fan? Uh, I am a Jets fan actually, but okay. it's, it's been it's been kind of rough though the past couple of years. Okay, so I got a question for you, Stan. Um, you know, looking at the Jets roster going into the season, they don't really have a bon a bona fide number one wide receiver. And I don't even think last year you could have called Robbie Anderson a bona fide wide receiver one because the guy only ever had one season where he posted more than 800 yards. So going into the season for the Jets, who's the guy as I'm targeting in every fantasy league as their wide receiver one? Um, honestly, there's really no – I mean, no one really stands out as a wide receiver one on our team. I, I think this year we have a, a couple of, of solid guys. I know we drafted Mims in, in the second round this year, and I like him a lot, but I'm not sure. I mean, in our offense, probably probably um Jameson Crowder is probably one of our be- better receivers because last year he had a solid year. Yeah, I think people – sleep on Crowder a lot. You can get the guy for fucking dirt cheap in fantasy, I feel like. I feel like people don't value him at all, and you could get him in the late round of a startup, and he puts up whatever. I don't know what he put up last year. Does anybody have his stats offhand? Um, I I believe, if I'm not mistaken, because I do own one share of him, I do believe that he put up um, about 700 yards, maybe 800 yards. Here, I've got it right here. So he had 78 receptions for 833 yards, uh, six TDs, and averaged 10.7 yards per reception. And that's a guy who, in a lot of leagues, I haven't even seen drafted until past the 20th round. Those are great numbers, man. Yeah, and then on top of that, he he plays in the slot too. He's him and him and Darno definitely had, had a good connection last year. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm sure the addition of Perriman as well as Doxon and then on top of that, Mims should be a nice distraction. So I know we touched a little bit on your boys, your Jets, but now we, you know, I mentioned a little earlier, we wanted to talk about who's going to be the kingpin of uh, of fantasy this year. Who do you, who's in that number one spot for you, my man? I think it's it's got to be Michael Thomas again. I feel like it's Michael Thomas or maybe even, Maybe if, if Devonta Adams can stay healthy, I think I think he could be close to uh, pardonable maybe. Yeah, I think it's tough to say anybody else, Michael, but Michael Thomas, just because of what he is and what his his role in the Saints' offense isn't going to change. Um, you know, he's still going to have all the same targets that he had last year, and he's still going to like you know feast just as much. I like Tyree Kill as a sleeper to potentially be the wide receiver one this year, just because I think he wasn't healthy last year, and I think he's finally healthy again, and Mahomes is healthy again. So, just as a side note, what about you, Luke? Yeah, no, so, sorry, I'm uh, distracted by uh, this little yeah, dog I, that lives in my house, Punt, <laughs> who just won't stop yipping at freaking nothing. I just freaking threw a, a pen at Punt. I aimed for the floor, did not hit the dog, but it seems to, uh, seems to have worked. I'm, you know what, in my opinion, I do think it's hard not to argue that uh, Michael Thomas is the guy, most likely. However, you can't forget about DeAndre Hopkins. 
There's no way he doesn't explode in the air raid offense as the wide receiver one, not to mention the fact you can't double team him because you've got Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk still in that offense. So you can't double team him because there's way too many threats around him. So there's no way he doesn't just go apeshit and explode for an incredible season. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, man. Um, I think the thing about Thomas is he's so explosive in that offense, but so is Hopkins. I mean, there's so many guys at the top right now that it's they're almost like they're interchangeable. I mean, I know Stan, you're building out your first startup in Dynasty right now. Uh, how's that? How's that roster coming along for you, man? What do you think of the experience so far? Um, so far, I mean, it's interesting actually because there's so many rounds, and then just you have to focus on so many things. Because usually I just do regular fantasy and it's only offense, but now I got to focus on defense and try and see where, where the best spots are, are to grab people. And it's, I think the overall experience is it's, it's actually, I like it so far. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit addicting. As Luke said uh, on our last episode, once you get somebody into it, they kind of can't not uh, get enough of it, essentially. <laughs> Who's your wide receiver one on that team right now? I can't remember offhand. Uh, I got Mari Cooper. Not bad. Not bad at all. I like Amari a lot this year. I think the distraction of CeeDee Lamb is going to be a very helpful addition, of course. I think long-term I'm a little worried about Amari uh, just because I think CeeDee Lamb has the potential to usurp him. Um, I don't know if – does that any fear to you at all? Uh, I mean, I definitely put fear into me a little bit. But, I mean, they just gave him the, the big contract. <laughs> and I think in the, the first couple of years he's still going to stay. But, but maybe – May hopefully not, but I'm thinking maybe year three, year probably year two, year three. I think C.D. Lamb is going to start to build up, but who yeah. knows what? Who knows what with rookie wide receivers? So we'll see. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that's pretty pretty safe assumption. I I like that. Um, you know, to segue a bit, Stan, I got a question for you, buddy. This one's a this one's a hot take. It's a hot <laughs> take if uh, if I might say so myself. So recently, Mason Rudolph has been spotted with a former contestant from the last season of The Bachelor. Do you think hooking up with a hottie is going to make Mason Rudolph that much better? Or do you think all the (laughs) sex is going to lower his testosterone even more and he will be even worse? Uh, I I mean, even before, I mean, Mason Rudolph wasn't even that great of a quarterback anyway. But I'm. Uh, but I mean, it, hey, who knows? It could help him. Maybe, maybe all the all this extra energy he's putting into to, to these these girls could help him out. Who knows? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he could use a break from having the helmets being smashed over his head. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's into in the bedroom, but I think they could get into some interesting stuff if Rudolph had like a kink for it. You know, she's just like in the bedroom smacking a helmet over his head. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, Stan, to get back on topic about wide receivers. Oh, man. Um, How would you view – okay, so after this draft, you know, there's a potential for a lot of guys to explode, whether that they were drafted or they landed in the right position after the draft. Would you say that you have a specific sleeper who you think nobody's really counting on to have a good season but you think will? And if so, who is that? And you can't pick Jamison Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I liked this one guy that that I saw. I was looking over the wide receiver list, and I saw this guy, and I, he stood out to me a little bit. Um, where is he? My bad, guys. Today, Junior. You're good, man. Luke needs the break. He had such a busy day. Oh man, busy, busy bee. I'm a busy bee, baby. Uh, you know, I'm just sitting here right now. I'll keep conversation. Going. I'm sitting here right now, just hacking oh. on my jewels. <laughs> yeah, I got it. it. I think. I think. I mean, he's not really. I mean, he's kind of on the radar because he's he's behind someone. But I think Calvin Ridley, he could have a big year this year. I like. It. I mean, he's he, he's been kind of. I mean, he's been. I mean, the past couple of years, he's been kind of behind. Julio, obviously, and then a little bit of Mohamed Sanu. But I think now that that now that Sanu's gone. More the more the focus is is going to be on him, especially because they're going to want to double Julio a lot. So I, I think I think he step I think he can step up this year and, and and be a really good number two for for that team. I like that take, and you didn't even mention this, but Austin Hooper's gone too. 
And Austin Hooper, I don't know how many targets he had last year, but I, I think he was well north of 100. So that's 100-something targets up in the air right now in that Atlanta Falcons offense that despite them not mm-hmm. being good last year record-wise, they're a fucking powerhouse as far as the offensive side of the ball goes. Yep. We always know that, at least, at the very least. Mm-hmm. But, you, yeah. but, yeah, you, you, and now they have – sorry. sorry <laughs> no, go. They have, but this year they have everyone on their offensive uh, team. Had, they're all first round picks. So I mean, so it's, it's pretty crazy actually about that. I mean, yeah. If we're considering Lacron Treadwell still somebody who should be looked at as a former first round pick, technically <laughs> yes, it's all first round picks. It's just from a technicality standpoint, but it's a cool statistic. Yeah. Like, has that ever happened before? Like, I don't think so, right? I mean, no, it's it's has. never happened before. Never. I do find it interesting about Calvin Ridley, however, that for a guy who's hyped up so much in fantasy, in the two seasons he's been in the league, he's never posted more than. 866 yards. So it's interesting to see that a guy who hasn't even cracked that thousand yard seal is in some leagues I've seen even valued more than Julio Jones. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think they just see that, that all the potential is there since Hooper's gone, now that Sanu's gone. I mean, they think that he, he's talented enough to to help out Julio. I actually like that take a lot. Maybe I'll go buy a few more Ridley shares. Thanks for that, Stan. That's why we like having the guests on, <laughs> you know, but you just had my brain thinking because I, you know, like sometimes I, you know, there's so many off season moves that happen um, that I don't always have the time to sit back and look at them. Like, I think something like that is an important thing to track. Like when somebody leaves an offense, like all those targets are up in the air now. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. it's like when Beckham left the Giants' offense. All those targets were up the air. In the wake of it, a guy like Slayton became a star all of a sudden, and who was a fifth round yeah. pick who wasn't supposed to be anything. You know what I mean? And the Jets' offense—they mm-hmm. don't have any wide receivers, so Crowder, who would probably be an afterthought in most teams' offenses, and that's. That's nothing against the guy. That's just the honest truth. You know what I mean? He would be, you know, a third wide receiver. He became the focal point of the Jets' offense in that system. Yep. No, it's definitely an interesting take. You know what? I I will say this, Stan. I really like your take. Super hot take. (laughs) Do you have any more hot takes that you don't think anybody's really said? Besides Stephen A. Smith calling people out for smoking yeah, weed. Yeah, I want I want a guy who's like a Corey Davis hot take. Like somebody who everybody hates at this point. But you're like, oh, I, I got it. I can hold on some hope for this guy. And... I... How about Will Fuller? Oh, okay. I like that. Oh. I like. I hate Will Fuller, so I love that. Let's hear it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, obviously everyone knows he's so injury prone. But, I mean, if this man can stay healthy in that offense – he Deshaun Watson loves to chuck the ball downfield to him. It's just all about staying healthy. I mean, he can post a huge year if he just stays healthy. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I actually take I, – I, I like the Texans' hot take, but I would say my guy in that offense is going to be Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I don't believe Nick Cooks. As long, as, long uh. as – you know, God forbid his brain doesn't get Kareem Hunt punted down an elevator. He should be fine. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, because he's always been a, a, a pretty good wide receiver where, wherever he's been. It's just I recently he, he's, 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 he's been slept on. Honestly, if you're talking about it in, in real talk, his, the only time he hasn't put up a thousand yards was the the his rookie season and last season. Yeah, where his brain like, wasn't working got, properly at all. Well, I mean, we can all kind of blame his brain not working on whatever the hell that hurdle was in the Super Bowl a couple <laughs> years ago when he tried hurdling the linebacker for the Eagles and he just got slammed. That was rough. Yeah, I like, I, I like uh, both dude. those takes. My thing about Will Fuller is Will Fuller, I, I got a bone to pick with that guy, man. I, I had him in a redraft league, one of the few ones I did last year. And I swear to God, man, I played that guy five times. 
And every time I played him, he got zero points or like five points. And the one time I didn't mm-hmm. play him, do you guys remember his 60 point game last year? Yep. Like, just like, I was yep. like, are you kidding me? This guy gets what was it, like 180 yards and three touchdowns? It was literally insanity. I was like, this guy's just blowing up on my bench. And I lost that week. Like, that's just depressing. Like, like yeah. oh, man. I, Trust, trust me. I had, I had him. I had this. I had him also. And the one week I didn't play him is when he had a huge week. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he got injured after that huge week. Did he not? Yeah. It's hard to keep track did. of his injuries at this point. <laughs> it, it's super interesting that a guy could be like. I swear, Wolf Fuller is the only wide receiver in the NFL who will pull huge numbers. And right after everybody's talking about the kid for doing big things. He gets injured for the rest of the yeah, season. He kind of he reminds me of like the Darius Geis of wide receivers. He's just like, he's going to tease you and, you know, give you a little like, like a little show like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to put up a crazy day. But at the end of the day, you're like, oh, man, do I really trust this guy long term? You know, we just have a few more questions, Stan. We're going to talk about at the end of this, we're going to talk about best wide receiver of all time, which I'm sure will be a nasty hot debate. Um, but before we get into that, I, I love this rookie class. I think it's a fucking – I think it's a fantastic class. And I know you guys took Mims, but do you have anybody higher than him? I'm sure you do. Who's your favorite rookie wide receiver of the class? Hmm. Um, you know, I'm liking – I mean, I know – and the first round, I like Judy. I think Judy it could, especially now that they also drafted Hamler, which I think could also have a good year. But I, I'm liking Judy this year for sure, just because Drew Locke's in his second year now, and I think he's because he, when they ended the season last year, they they went they went four and one, I believe, mm-hmm. and their offense was kind of kicking a little bit. But now they answered two rookies at, for to, for the offense, and I think he could have a, a pretty solid year this year. Yeah, we'll definitely support that take on this show. I know me and Luke are both big Drew Locke guys, and I think that Broncos offense in general is being slept on. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they put made a push for the wild card. I mean, I don't think that's that far out of the position. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they don't make it this year, but long term, I love that team. Luke, what do you think about the Broncos? I mean, it's super easy not to say the Broncos are going to be incredible. Drew Locke, handsome young quarterback. <laughs> You know, it's going to play a lot into his productivity. I think that when you talk about them, it's the problem is, is they went from having Tim Patrick as their wide receiver two to Jerry Judy. But the problem is, is there's two problems that come around with the Denver Broncos offense. One, way too many mouths mm-hmm. to feed now, not just including mm-hmm. the backfield, but including the receivers, the tight ends. They overdrafted way too many uh, offensive positions. And then two is that besides Cortland Sutton, nobody's really proven. Like, don't get me wrong. Fans had a really good end to his season, but before Drew Locke stepped in, he wasn't doing great. I mean, Cortland Sutton was having an amazing season regardless, but he's really the only one who's proved himself as the upper echelon of offense. And this whole offense is, can they do it, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think it's a big boomer bust potential, to say the least. I, <laughs> easily. Like, e- e- easily. Like, if the problem is, is like, like, does Judy fit in well with the offensive scheme they have set up? Where do you place mm-hmm. Court and Sutton now? Uh, with all the rookie tight ends that they have, I think they have a ridiculous number of tight ends on that team. Uh, <laughs> uh, but with all the tight ends now, like, what do you do with them? Are they going to start eating at Noah Fonts like, at Noah Fonts snaps? Because they took guys mm-hmm. in like the second and third round. If yeah, I'm I think they took Albert O in the third round. So it's definitely it's a dicey situation. But we don't have too much uh, left to sense time. So Stan, I want like a want like a like um, imagine it's like an essay on this. All right. Best wide receiver all time, but I need the reasons why. I can't just hear, oh, it's this guy. Why is your man the best? Uh, um, I I feel like it has to be Jerry Rice. All time Jerry Rice. I know I know he he's in a great offense. Joe Montana, one of one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But the stats that he put up, it it's like he has where is it? Where I, I, yeah, I pulled up the stats. Yeah, do it up, man. Uh, 
he had he ended his career with twenty two thousand yards and fifteen hundred catches and then hundred and ninety seven touchdowns. It sounds like a quarterback. I mean, like that's just insane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he he made 10, 10 first team All Pro lists. Also, that's just consistency every year, of him being the top dog for whatever for forever how long he was in the league back then. Yeah, and that's who, I, and then, then then that's who I got to go with. I mean, I th- I think that's like a very obvious answer. I think I think it's hard not to be like, yeah. I mean, like that that's super easy. I think you know what? I think it's an interesting co- a question Kyle po- posed because it's really hard not to say it's it, like it's either Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, or Terrell Owens. God damn it! <laughs> um, or or not to forget about Randy yeah, Moss either. But I I, I don't want to focus. <laughs> I don't want to focus on those guys because those guys are obviously the all-time greats. I think we need to talk about for receiver, a guy who gets slept on way too much is Anquan Bolden. Yeah, I think, look, you got to remember, this guy's 13 or, no, 14 all-time in receiving yards. He has, in his rookie season, he put up 1,300 yards for eight touchdowns. He's. Mm-hmm. I can read his stats. He's the most receiving yards per game average for the Cardinals franchise history. Mo- most receptions per game average in a season for the Cardinals. Most receptions per game average for the Cardinals. H- holds the Ravens record for most postseason receiving yards in a game. Like the guy is slept on terribly. You know he was big. Yeah. He was slow. <laughs> but the guy put in work and i think it's super hard that he gets slept on i think he's one of the best receivers to ever play the game yeah no yeah and i also oh there we go let's hear it uh how what do you guys think of marvin harrison as one of the uh, i think he's definitely one of the the dude he's definitely elite my one thing i will say with him is he had i mean i i don't know how i feel about this so you can you can make a bad argument i guess against some people like oh he had elite quarterback play his entire career so you could argue like marvin harrison obviously had peyton manning for a lot of his career so that obviously Mm -hmm. would help spark his numbers up a bit but i mean obviously there has to be talent on both sides of the ball so people who make that argument i think are foolish and uh naive in a sense you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. but it, it's super interesting like if you if you if you talk about wide receivers uh, you know who doesn't get brought enough for how good of a receiver he was tony Gonzalez. <laughs> that's another guy <laughs> you know he's you, oh, yeah. you know he's sixth all time in receiving yards Wow, he's oh, he's he has more receiving yards than Steve Smith Sr., Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Chris Carter, Anquan Bolden, Torrey Holt, Andre Reed, Steve Largent. I can keep going. Freaking Jimmy Smith, Julio Jones, Heinz Ward, Michael Irvin, Antonio Gates, Calvin Johnson, even like this guy gets slept on for yeah. how good of a freaking receiver he was. Like God. Damn, Gonzalez. Yeah, well, wait till you yeah, give me uh, – wait till I list my player who gets slept on because I think when you talk about from a pure talent standpoint and pure raw potential, first off, let's start by saying the Lions, fuck you. You ruined two of the greatest talents that have ever stepped on the football field. Can we just say that honestly? Yep. Calvin Johnson should have been the best yeah. wide receiver that has ever played the game. I don't think there's any other yeah. like player – I mean, dude, his – Oh my God, dude! His 2012 season. Can you imagine owning this guy? 122 catches, 1964 yards, and five touchdowns. 122 yards a game. Are you? Yeah, only five only touchdowns. Five touchdowns. And the season before, he got 16 touchdowns oh. with 1600 yards. Dude, like oh that God. that span, if you had Calvin Johnson in Dynasty from 2011 to 2012, and even in 13, he put up 1,500 yards. Dude, like, I think that's worth more than an RB1. Like, that's insanity. Yeah, it really is, honestly. Yeah, and the guy's only 34 today. He should As still be today, playing. Like, honestly, like. Yeah. He, I think, I think he deserves an induction into oh, the Football like... Hall of Fame. You can't, you can't say he doesn't belong in Canton because if you put Barry Sanders in Canton, Calvin Johnson has to be alongside him because all the Lions do is 
make people go from being the best to not even enjoying the freaking sport anymore. And they do it well. They do it well. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. I know we're about to wrap up right now, but um, anything you want to say to everybody before you get off? Maybe like, hey, uh, you know, excited for the fantasy season. I don't know. Anything in particular? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, fantasy, I- I'm pretty excited for this year. Um, yeah, I can't wait to start up. I can't wait to start this, this dynasty league that I'm in with you guys. And, uh, don't sleep on the Jets this year. I feel like they can be a very I'm glad you put that in there. <laughs> yes. Uh, some, somebody, somebody has to like the Jets, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, it has to be me. You know what? Thanks, Stan, for coming on. If you want to follow Stan, you can follow him on Pornhub at Big Stan the Guy. Uh, thanks again, buddy, for coming on. And, guys, stick around for some closing remarks. Take care. Uh, thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, and thanks to Stan the Man for coming on the podcast, talking his wide receivers, talking about his god-awful Jets. Um, You know, like I said, he's got the nickname Big Stew. Perfect porn name. Could be a blossoming career if whatever he's doing now doesn't work out for him. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I guess that's a nice side business for Stan if he ever needs it, man. <laughs> you know, this is another fun episode where things are coming along, man. And I'm just very excited, um, you know, next on the plate as far as what's coming up uh, next. We're going to be talking tight ends, very similar format uh, to what we did with the running backs and wide receivers. So that should be an interesting episode because I don't think tight ends get enough love. Yeah, you know, I love my tight ends, you know. Pun intended. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm super excited to talk about it. Kyle knows that my favorite type of league is the tight end premium league. And I love to stock up on my tight ends when I can. So I've got a lot of guys I'm ready to talk about. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a fun adventure for me diving deep into uh, diving deep into all my thoughts about the, the <laughs> tight ends. Hmm. Too funny, man. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, I'm Luke. That's Kyle, and make sure you stick around for episode eight. Cheers.